0: Come on, you want to really talk to Jesus for just a moment? Come on, why don't you lift your voice and connect with him, connect with his presence. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Why don't somebody give him a great hand, clap of praise and thanksgiving out of your heart? Anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord today? first lady and and Sister Bradford. Tremendous Christian people. And, and then their children, uh, Brother Peyton, Sister Paisley, just wonderful young people. And I commend them. They could be reproach to their parents and to this church but instead they're bringing honor to their parents in this church and we honor you today brother Peyton, sister paisley god bless you uh, i give honor to the bishop today what a tremendous man of god bible teacher bible preacher uh, done such an incredible work still doing an incredible work here in Bakersfield. And then the showing of his true wisdom was knowing who to hand the baton off to. We salute you today, Brother Frost. God bless you. We honor you and your wife. Sincerely. Brother Wilmoth, (laughs) I wish it was you this morning. I'd have flew in to hear you, uh, brother and sister Wilmoth. If you can't like these two people, brother and sister Wilmoth, something's wrong with your liker. You need to get it fixed. That is exactly right. Uh, we were privileged uh, last last weekend to have brother Peyton Bradford with us, and he preached for us on Sunday night, done such a tremendous job and then taught a class on Monday night. And uh, I I told him the highest compliment that a pastor could give you is invite you to come back. And before he left, we set it up for him to come back. And so thank you for coming and investing in Generate, Brother Peyton. And I'm excited about what God's doing in your life. these other ministers in the house today. I salute them. Haven't these singers and musicians done such a wonderful job leading us today in praise and worship? They've done such a tremendous job and then every usher, every greeter, every Sunday school teacher, every van driver, every trash taker outer, every floor sweeper, mopper, God bless you today. Thank you for helping make all this happen. It cannot get done without you. And then I got in here yesterday evening and uh, on my way into this church to pray. I believe prayer still works. And uh, I believe you are to pray, not just when you're in trouble, but you are just pray all the time. And then it'll help you when you're in trouble. Uh, Tell our people back home, I said, you're going to have trouble. And when it comes to trouble, you're going to say one of two things. I wish I would have, or I'm glad I did. So you need to join that glad I did crowd, and you need to get by this church every day, and you need to pray and make this house the house of prayer. It's right. And uh, I was coming in here to pray, and I was already feeling good, but I seen that prayer book out there, and I seen all the names in that prayer book it made me just feel that much better. And I salute every prayer warrior that's been coming in here. You're obeying the Bible. He said, for it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer. These pews can't pray. This carpet can't pray. These instruments, this pulpit can't pray. If this is going to be a house of prayer, somebody has to get by here and pray. And I thank you, every prayer warrior that's been by here this week in this sanctuary. We're indebted to you. And if you hadn't been by here this week, change it and make sure you get by here this next week. It's right. And I was back in here early this morning, about six thirty, and there were already people in here praying. And so I'm 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 honored to be here today. Uh, I I absolutely despise what I'm having to do today, not in preaching but in preaching and then leaving. Uh, that, that, that's not my style. I do not like that. Uh, I don't feel like I'm the star of the show and, and, and not, not uh, little enough to sit and listen to somebody else. And I explained all that before I agreed to come. Uh, I'm not into these uh, high-flying people that they can only come in when it's their turn and can't listen to anybody else have their turn. I'm not into all that. But, that being said, uh, once a year, uh, I try to do something very special with my son. Uh, he's 14 years old, and I planned to, this evening, we were leaving, flying out of Lafayette, going to Omaha, and spending a week in South Dakota. Uh, he and I, and some of his friends, and, and so, uh, due to deaths, emergencies and, and and problems that arise, uh, I try to keep my word with him unless there's just no way around it. And so uh, God worked it out where I could be here this morning and still meet him in Omaha tonight. And so I appreciate you understanding. Please know that I would love to be here. I would love to hear Brother Wilmoth. And then I'd certainly love to sit next door and laugh and cut up fellowship and have fun, uh, with all you wonderful people. So thank you for understanding 10 years. What a milestone. It's right. What a, what a, what a momentous occasion. And for somebody to serve for 10 years and not just serve, but to serve faithfully and willingly and, uh, I'll tell you about this Bradford family. They got the Chick-fil-A spirit on them. My pleasure. I mean, it's just, you just, it, it exuberates for them. You can tell it's just their pleasure to serve you and to pastor you and to be here with you. Aren't you thankful for a man of God that's willing to serve and first family? They don't feel like that they're kings and queens, but they feel like they're the servants of the Lord. I think we ought to really give double honor one more time to pastor... Sister Bradford, Brother Peyton Bradford, Sister Paisley, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you today. What about let's have some church around here this morning? Anybody happy to know that the devil's a liar on Sunday morning? You don't have to wait till Sunday night to get victory. You can get victory on Sunday morning. And I feel victory in this house today. Amen. I'm going to pretend like I'm at home And so you just stretch your hands towards this pulpit. I'm going to stretch my hands towards you. We're going to pray that God would connect us and anoint us together. God, my prayer today chiefly is that you would let me feed your people. These are sheep of your pasture. And God, I'm humbled today at the opportunity to feed them. God, I pray that my words would be anointed, that my words would be acceptable in your sight and in their hearing. I pray today that good things would come. I pray it all in the lovely, saving name of Jesus Christ. Why don't everybody shout amen? Amen. amen? amen. God bless you. You may be seated here in the presence of our great God today. I want to preach to you from this thought that I feel that the Lord has put on my heart uh, for the service. And, and I didn't come with something already prepared. Uh, but I I, I have learned that uh, when I pray, God will give me direction, inspiration, and instruction. And while I was praying, God began to remind me of something that He had given me some time back. And if God would help me, I want to preach to you from this very simple thought. And I hope that by the time we get through today... Uh, in short order, I can make sense of it. And that is simply this: broken crayons. would you say that with me? Broken crayons color the best. I want to preach to you today, broken crayons color best. There is a innate drive and, and really an unquenchable, Desire in man that if we're honest, the the root of it is grounded in pride. But as as the human race, there is something innate in us, really something unquenchable in us, that that we try to discount and ultimately discard broken and damaged things. It's just in us. We. We, we have a tendency, it's it's our carnal nature, and that's why it's important not to just listen to Romans 8 be read, but to apply Romans 8 to our lives and not walk after the flesh, but after the Spirit, because the flesh is at enmity continually and constantly towards the things of God. and And so the carnal way is to discount and discard broken things uh, but the spiritual way uh, is to use and restore that which has been broken. Uh, we, we, we see this. Uh, uh, any of you ever bought a car? Let me just see your hand. You got tired of riding a stick horse, so you went out and got you a car. And uh, I, 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 I can just imagine this is how you did. You went out, and you looked at the sticker price on that car, and it was X amount of dollars. And, and you got to walking around that car, and you said, oh, look at these tires. They have more tread on them than I thought they would, so why don't we add another $700 to what you're asking? And, and I can see the top, there's been just a little bit of hail damage, and there's a few dents, But and you guys have covered that well, and so for your efforts, because of this little bit of hail damage on top, why don't we... You know why don't we go ahead and let's just add about four hundred more on top of the seven hundred for the tires and if you've done that you are a special kind of stupid. I want to meet you after this service today, and if you've done that I certainly don't want you voting on Tuesday. <laughs> no, I tell you what you do. You go to you'll go to the dealership. And you'll walk around a brand new vehicle that nobody's ever driven on the road. And you will start looking for imperfections you can use to devalue it so that you can pay less for it. And it's comical when we talk about it being about things. But the truth of the matter is, with us as people, it doesn't stop at things. But it bleeds over into our relationship with people and it bleeds over into how we look at people and it bleeds over into how we interact with people and it bleeds over into our desire level and willingness whether we're going to help this one or distance ourselves from that one and if we're not careful we forget that god his ways are so much higher than our ways And God does not think like you and I think. And God does not judge like you and I judge. And God does not act like you and I act. And God has shown us the foolish things uh, to confound the wise. And God does not discard broken things. Uh, God uses broken things uh, to further his will, to further his kingdom, uh, to further his mission. Uh, It is broken crayons that God uses. uh, of color beauty uh, in his kingdom it, it, it was jesus he was he was so contradictory of their ways and he was sitting with the pharisees one day and and understanding how they think and understanding how they act and he just stopped and he said let me tell you something uh, A bruised reed. Uh, He's not going to just go ahead and finish breaking it and throwing it out to the side and a flax that there's just barely, barely, barely uh, a little bit of smoke still coming from it. He's not going to put his foot on it and say you should have stayed lit. You should have stayed burning. Uh, He said no. Uh, He's going to hold on to that and keep it until victory comes in it and through it. You know what I've really come to preach today? I know it's simple but I've come to preach to some hurt people, to some broken people, uh, to
1: some people that life has discounted you, uh, to some people that life has damaged you, uh, to people that you don't feel like you're worthy uh, to be a vessel uh, in the master's house. Uh, I've come to tell you, you're just what Jesus is looking for. Uh, You're just who Jesus is after today. Uh, You're just what God uses uh, to bring glory uh, to his kingdom. it's
0: broken crayons that god uses to color the best matter of fact he he would make it clear that he's not good at used using put together things he said not many noble not not many that are without imperfections not not any that have it all put together matter of fact it was the apostle paul you read about it in Second Corinthians. He's he's in the heavens of heavens. He's he's in a place where no doubt there's probably been nobody in this building has went to in prayer. And, and it was in that time he started talking to God about his brokenness and he started talking to God about the thorn that was in his flesh uh, and in his mind he, he had been convinced into believing uh, that because of my damage because of this thorn uh, my, my ministry is being discounted, my, my effect with people is being discounted but, but if God could take this, this thorn out of me and if God could erase the memory of the bad and if God could erase the memory of the broken out of my life and take the thorn out to where it would be
1: out of the people's mind that God could really do something with me. And he said, I heard a voice that thundered back at me uh, that said, Paul uh, by grace uh, is sufficient. Uh, it's through this brokenness uh, that I show my grace. Uh, it's through this brokenness uh, that I show my glory. Uh, and Paul said therefore, uh, I'm not going to try uh, to discard this broken." Brokenness, but I'm going to embrace this brokenness. I'm going to embrace what God's done in my life. I'm going to embrace what God's helped me overcome. I'm going to embrace what God's brought me out of. I'm going to embrace the hurts and the wounds and the embarrassments and the heartaches and the setbacks. And I'm going to put my color in the hands of the Master. And I'm going to say, "Color Baker's Field with me, Lord. Color First Pentecostal Church through me, God, because broken." And crayons.
0: This, this message was birthed in me because they're, they're, they're just things that daily I have to deal with that keep me feeling so unqualified. And I, I remember as a kid, Really, out of the will of God, my dad took our family out of a good church. Uh, He fell into a trap, Brother Bradford, that I hope not one minister in this house falls into. And that's, he didn't feel like he was accomplishing anything, being a help to the church. He felt like that the only way he could reach his full value and potential is to be the pastor of a church. And so he left, he left having influence on over a hundred young people preaching and teaching to them every Sunday and throughout the week. And he he went from that and took our family of five out to the hill country of Texas and, and started a church, and he traded the influence over hundreds to preach to us. If you're here today and you're struggling with that, there's no greater ministry in the church than the ministry of helps. I didn't say that to provoke a response. I said that out of the heart of a pastor that recognizes and understands that for our church to fulfill the vision that God has given me, I need strong men and strong ladies that are called of God, that are anointed by God, They are powerful ministries and ministers in and of themselves, but they recognize uh, the greatest ministry in the world is not being Moses, but it's holding up the hands of Moses. We're here celebrating 10 years today, and look what the Lord's done. But let me tell you why the Lord's done
1: it is because he had a Moses, uh, but there was some Aaron and hers on each side of Moses uh, that was holding the hands up that said, We can do this, Brother Bradford. We can build that. We can remodel that. We can buy that van. We can put on that conference. Uh, We can fill up those Sunday school rooms. There's no greater ministry than the ministry of help. If the devil's talking to you and trying to devalue you and tell you you're still helping because you're not qualified to go out, you put that lying devil under your feet and say, not today, devil. I'm not going to destroy my family by getting out of my calling. I'm not going to destroy my ministry by getting out of God's will. I'm going to do what God.
0: That was just a side note. That's, But we were out there, and we went from a good life to starving to death. And, and, man, we were poor. I mean, I've heard people down south say we're poorer than Job's turkey. Job had more than us. We didn't even have a turkey. I hope this is okay today. I, I'm going somewhere with it. I mean, we were so... We were so poor, so when I was seven, I was, it was about 1987, and and that was, uh, the, the fad was having these bleached blue jeans with the knees ripped out of them. If we'd have had Donald Trump's money, my daddy wouldn't have bought me something that looked that ignorant. He did have good, see. And so, at that time, I was about four foot two, and A lot bigger around than I was tall. There might be some older people in here that can relate. Y'all remember Rustler Huskies? (laughs) I didn't just get to wear Rustlers. I had to wear the Huskies. Yeah. My friends were wearing Jabos, and I was wearing Rustler Huskies. And I got this idea. I took me a pair of my Rustler Huskies, and I cut the knees out of them. And I got me a little spray bottle, and I got some of my mother's bleach. Let me tell you, I didn't know that you need to wash that out before you put it on. And when you got Thunder Thighs and Rustler Huskies with bleach still on them, I've never wanted to put on another pair of bleach blue jeans. I run from anything that's got bleach on it. But, but, but we were poor. That's, and, and, and one of the things that, that, that I found really kind of a way of escaping was and I know this sounds crazy, but I absolutely loved to color. But, but we, we were that family that you got your school supplies at the beginning of the year, and you just had to make them work all the way to the end of the year. It, it wasn't like you. You could lose something or break something. Or We had this stupid game in called pencil break and you'd take your pencil and your friend would hold up their pencil and you'd try and I'd pray that game that I'd win because if not I was going to have to borrow a pencil because I sure wasn't going to go ask my daddy to buy some more but but in my little mind it's it, 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 it lacks understanding even now but it really did back then in my love to color and I started at it that was back in the days. I don't know if they still do it or not. Uh, they, they would have like coloring contests, and the teacher'd hand out all these papers. And I'd I'd win if I had to vote two or three times for myself. I mean, I'd have been a good Democrat. <laughs> just kidding. I'm not here to be political. I'm not political. <laughs> I'm just. But this is a house of truth. I mean, so <laughs> oh, y'all forgive me. I'm apologizing because I'm supposed to, not because I'm sorry. <laughs> but I would, I would color, and, and in my coloring, the tips would break. And then sometimes, carelessness, Brother Wilmoth, the, the entire crayon would break. And in my mind, once that crayon broke, isn't this, isn't this foolish how little minds would think? And because this crayon was broken, in my mind it could no longer color. And I would discard that crayon knowing that I wasn't going to get another one and try to figure out how to blend the perfect ones that I had left to make up the difference. Because in my mind, once a crayon was damaged or broken, it needed to be discarded and thrown away. And somehow try to figure out how to make up the difference with that which was left that I thought was perfect and whole and put together. And it took me living a little bit of life. And, and, and it took me going through some dark trials and standing through some very dark times and and it it, it took me having to live through parents that divorced and it took me having to live through a dad that died drunk on a Harley Davidson motorcycle and it took me having to make some really bad decisions that, 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 that still haunt me and mess with my mind today. It took me a long time to realize uh, that just because a crayon's broken, uh, it doesn't change the color uh, that it can color with. It,
1: it, it took me a little while to realize that that the hand might have to make some adjustment and it might not be quite as much to hold, but but just because it was broken uh, didn't mean that it couldn't color. And just, just because it wasn't put together like the other ones that I saw in the box uh, didn't mean that it was not still fit for use. Uh, and it took me a while to realize uh, that just like my hand uh, could adjust to color uh, with a crayon that was broken, uh, there's an all-knowing hand uh, that it's already a- Adjusted. It was adjusted at Calvary. It was adjusted over 2,000 years ago. It took me a little while to learn that perfect crayons don't even fit in his hand, but it's brokenness and it's scars and it's skeletons and closets and it's stories of how we overcome that God uses to color the kingdom with.
0: understood this david was was in in the tragedy of his life and 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 you I'm gonna give it to you in the King James the James Wesley for the sake of time you can go read it in the King James after church but in Psalms 51st I think chapter it is David is he he's at he's at rock bottom and and he's committed adultery he's Murdered to, to cover it up. He's dealing with all the fallouts. And and he goes to God and said, Would you please? Just have mercy on me. See, see, David had an understanding that there's some people. I'm not talking about visitors
1: today. I'm talking to some seasoned saints. Uh, You need to get the understanding that David had. He said, if you'll have mercy on me, uh, it will position me uh, that I can go tell other transgressors uh, about how merciful the God of Israel really is. David understood this is terrible, this is tragic. There's gonna be consequences of this, uh, but it doesn't put me discarded by God, but it positions me uh, to go into the highways uh, and the byways uh, and compel somebody else. Uh, it and he gets to talking to God. And then the king of Israel says it like this, he had monetary gain on every hand. He could have spent whatever it would take, but it starts out. He says, If you'll just create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. I can't undo yesterday. He didn't ask God to take away the scar. He didn't ask God to take away the pain. He didn't ask God to put the color back together. He said, just make it where it can still write. He said, just make it where it can still be used. Just make it where it can still be in the master's house. And then he started
0: playing on the tender side of God. He said, it's not sacrifices that you delight in, neither burn offerings that you desire, or else I would give it to
1: you. David was telling him, I, I've got cattle. We will never run out of something to put on the altar. I've got gold and silver at my disposal. We could give our way out of just about anything, but that's not what you use. It's not the sacrifice you use. It's not the burnt offering that you desire. Uh, He said, I'll tell you, David knows what you desire. Uh, It's a broken spirit uh, and a contrite heart that you can't refuse. Uh, There are people here today, uh, you think your brokenness uh, is what's pushing you away from God. Uh, You need to understand it's that brokenness uh, that can draw you to God. Uh, God doesn't use perfection. Uh, God doesn't use put together. Uh, God doesn't use something that's got it all right. I tell you what God Uses. Uh, he uses broken crayons uh, and he starts coloring bus ministries. Uh, he uses broken crayons uh, and he starts singing under the anointing. Uh, he uses broken crayons uh, and he starts teaching Bible studies. Uh, he uses broken crayons uh, and he starts giving testimonies. Uh, and by the time it's over, uh, you got a family over here uh, and you got a family over there. Uh, and you got an ex drug addict running the aisles back there. Uh, and you've got an extra prostitute teaching Sunday school over there. uh, And after a while, uh, you're stepping back saying, look what the Lord has done. Uh, It's God that gets the glory. Uh, I couldn't have done it by myself. Uh, I couldn't have done it on my own. I kind of feel like preaching a little bit this morning. See, see in our
0: minds, That which is broken is cursed. In our minds, that which is broken should be discarded and cast out. But Jesus was teaching one day, Bishop, and the people got hungry. And his disciples come to him, said, The people, they're in need. And and, and Jesus looks back at him and begins to talk to him, and he says, Well, then get them something to eat. But, But you don't understand, Lord, the task is too great,
1: and the challenge is too steep to provide for the needy
0: with what we have to offer. Because we were looking for something that we could use, and all we found was a little greasy lunch sack with two fish and
1: five stale loaves of bread. And what is this little bit that we have among all the needs that are represented? And carnal man thinks brokenness is God cursing us. But the Bible says that God took that little lunch sack, that crayon that was still put together, and he lifted his hands. You go read it. And the Bible says that God, he blessed it. He blessed it. The Bible says that Jesus began to give thanks for that which had been offered And then the very next thing is he started teaching them a little lesson. The Bible says he took that little lunch sack and it tore it open and he began to break the contents that was on the inside of it. And as he was breaking it, then he started handing it out. And what was put together, that couldn't meet the need. All of a sudden, once it started getting broken, he's got them going over here. and he's got them going over there and he's got them going back there and he's got them going over there and the Bible says that the multitude was fed that day it couldn't have been fed with something that was put together but when God started breaking it when God started breaking it when God started breaking it it became fit for service if you're put together today you ain't worthy for service if you've got it all going your way you're not who he's looking for but if life has broke you if life has made fragments out of you you need to understand that's what God uses that's what God but see the test
0: is being broken without becoming bitter I watch people, Bishop, Wilmoth, that God brings in, picks up the fragments, and for the first two years, ever service they got somebody with them, and God's using them, God's blessing them, and then they get two put together. To show up for men's work day. And then they no longer have to drive, rather, ride the church van, but they're driving one of the nicest cars into the parking lot. And they're two put together to come to First Thursday All Saints Prayer Meeting. And, and when they first come. They were that one that you better look out for because they had run you over while they was running the aisles. They didn't care if you was in the way or not. They didn't know that you were supposed to say, excuse me, pardon me. I mean, they were right out of the streets and they went from fighting each other to fighting the devil and all they knew is I don't understand why there are people that could ever get too stiff and starchy to run the aisles with the way I feel and what God's done for me. And They don't need a cheerleader. They, they come in clapping their hands. We've got some of them right now. They they never hit the tambourine at the right time. It's always a time. And 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 I got I got some self-righteous people. There's there's no self-righteous people in Bakersfield. We got most of them in Generat. But but they want you to correct it and they want you to fix it. They, 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 They want you to teach them how to hit the tambourine at the right time. And I have to stop them and tell them they're hitting the tambourine. They used to be hitting the bottle.
1: They're hitting the tambourine. They used to be hitting the needle. They're hitting the tambourine on Sunday morning. They used to be too hungover and waking up to somebody they wasn't married to with their companion at home, and you want me to quit them from hitting what works? Then they get too put together to run the aisles, and they get too put together. They think all this dancing and noise is And then you know what happens?
0: Things from their past start creeping back in their life. They get bitter about what happened when they was 12. And they get bitter and bent out of shape of something that happened in their life when they were 16. And then, then... They get put out and put off by something that happened when they were in their 20s. And then their bitterness because of their brokenness keeps them from being the blessing that God called them to be. See, That's why John the Revelator he would say if you're going to overcome it takes two things the blood and you remembering your testimony because because see what God uses to add to the church and and this this church has some of the most talented musicians that there are I listen. Today and it just, I'm envious and singers and, but you know what, Bishop Frost? There's better musicians and singers, the big charismatic church. They're not anointed, but they're more talented. And it's not our singing and put togetherness that brings them in. You know what brings them in? Is you met them down at Walmart. And, and, and you could just see that their life was falling apart. And you, you, you took the time to slip them a church card. And they said, I, I don't even know why I'm crying. I'm, I'm sorry that I'm even crying in front of you right here at Walmart. And you start crying. And you start telling them, Look. I know what God can do for you. It's not, I think, what God can do for you. But I remember coming to church by myself and sitting on the second row at a 10-year anniversary service. And I was the outcast, and I was looked down on. And it didn't look like I'd ever amount to anything. And, and, And now... Now I'm teaching Bible studies in the prison.
1: And I know God can put you home back together, because let me tell you, my marriage was on the rocks. Let me tell you, everything in my life was falling apart. I went to a meeting one night, and my heart wasn't right, but something got a hold of me. But something... Got a hold of me. <laughs> but something I got a hold of me, I, and I took my brokenness. I, and I took my depression, and I took that sexual abuse, and I took that molestation, and I took that messy divorce, and I took that parents that didn't want me, and I took that overdose. It was really broken by the time I got down there to that altar, but somehow, I got my life in his hands, and I'm here to tell you, if God can do it for me, God can do it for you, there's people here today. You need to embrace your brokenness. You need to get a revelation of how powerful your testimony is. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm gonna tell it. I'm gonna tell it. See,
0: and I, I, I've got to quit. I'm just having too much fun. But see, the true value of something can't be realized until it's broken. See, Jesus, he wasn't at the saint's house. He was in Simon the lap. Ooh. You mean you teach a Bible study on that side of town? Yeah, I'm just trying to find Jesus. I mean, you go down there and teach it in that dirty house. Why don't you just take them to a coffee shop? I'm, I'm just trying to be like Jesus. He was at Simon the leper's house. And the Bible says, the Bible says that there came... To him, a woman who was holding what looked like was something very valuable. And she comes in, crying. She's weeping and she's crying. She gets down on knees and she starts washing his feet with her tears and then she takes what appears to be something so valuable and it's put together and she she starts to break it
1: and the people start panicking And
0: while they're murmuring, and while they're scoffing, and ultimately with ridicule, she starts breaking that which is put together. And she starts pouring it out on the master's feet. And all the self-righteous people in the church that day, they said, You're gonna let Well, you know, Pastor, if you're gonna let them kind of people on the platform, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just I'm gonna to have to go find somewhere they're still holding on and Brother Wilmoth if you knew what I knew now I'm not, I'm not gossiping I just I want to share a prayer request with you I just need you to help me pray about something when you started off like that you need to shut your mouth and you need to go to an altar and you, need to, you ain't wanting to help pray and you're wanting to tell somebody something and with indignation the Bible says they step back Jesus wheels
1: around. And they're saying, if it would have stayed put together, if it would have stayed put together, if it would have looked like it did on the first day of school when we took it out of the box,
0: you could have colored something with it, Jesus. We, 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 Look at all the poor we could have helped. And Jesus wheels around. He said, the poor you'll have with you always you know what he was saying he was saying that we'll never get put together enough to push out problems that sin has created
1: he said but because she understands that as long as it stayed put together it still wouldn't be enough to push out the problems of society but she broke it (laughs) and then put it down at my feet. He said, let me tell you something, boys. At a 10-year anniversary, 2,100 years from now, in Bakersfield, California, 4,000 and something miles from where we're at in Bethany right here today, They're not going to be talking about somebody dancing in that was put together uh, and had something powerful. Uh, But when that preacher from South Louisiana gets up there preaching uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, he's going to reach back to this day uh, and he's going to say, look at broken. Uh, Look at what broken can do. Uh, Look at what broken can do. Uh, Look at what broken can accomplish. Uh, Look what I think about broken. See,
0: I don't understand God. I, I, I'm, I'm big enough and transparent enough. I tell our church a lot of times, Brother Bradford, I don't understand God. I don't understand a lot of God's ways. And Brother Brock, I go so far out on a limb, I tell them, and I don't even like some of them. But I trust them because they work and they've never failed. And see, if I was God, I would just keep people from being broken. And that sounds like a good idea. Because he's able. And I don't understand why God does what God does. But you know why we're here celebrating 10 years today? Bishop, how long did you pastor here? 25, 26. How many years since not 83. How? 37 years. You know why this building's here? Because in the darkest days of your life, Bishop, <laughs> you just kept showing up down here. And you just kept putting one brick on top of another. And you didn't get in the pulpit and try to settle scores, but you just kept on keeping on. And God said, I'm going to keep coloring with him. And then some wondering knucklehead come along, showed up by chance, and... Met you, girl. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what I'd have said too, but I've lied about other things. And see, you, you, you look at it today, and it looks it looks so perfect, and it looks so put together. But what was happening, Brother Wilmuth? is there was a broken man that had been dragged from pillar to post that didn't have no consistency in his life that probably to this day still fights feeling inadequate to do what he's doing (laughs) and there was a young lady she was wearing all the right clothes and her dad was the coolest, finest looking, gray-headed man you'd ever seen I'm going to tell you, if I could have a poof and gray hair like that, I'd die tomorrow. I just can't figure it out. I would love to be gray-headed like that. I mean, he's looked cool since I was a kid. And those of you laughing, you're who got it there so soon. But that, that broken young man took a trip down here. And by accident, he didn't even realize how broken of a young lady he was meeting. And they got together. And instead of murmuring and complaining and getting bitter and talking about what could have been and what should have been, and oh, yeah, girl, I know you can relate they just they just said if you're going to use somebody why why not use us and didn't even didn't even have the money to hardly buy bubble gum but started going to school and starting a family and then they had children and I I know they look real good today. So pretty and he's so GQ. But you ought to have to be in their bedroom with them on the holidays sometimes. In <laughs> the hell that they go through on days when they don't understand how a God that's so good could allow things to get so broken but but we're here today because God's ways are above our ways and 10 years ago they didn't feel qualified and they were long past being put together and didn't have any of the answers but they accepted the challenge and the call and they didn't know how they was going to do it with just a little bit of the pieces that they still had left. And then a month later, the report comes that you got cancer and we, we don't know what we're
1: going to do and we don't know how we're going to come through. And they could have threw up their hands and said, What now, God? Why? We're, we're trying to do a work for you. But they just kept stepping to the pulpit. They just kept coming to the prayer room, and they just kept saying, "Color on with me, Lord. Color on with me, God." And today we sit here celebrating both leadership. We sit here celebrating ten years of a faithful man and his lady uh, and children uh, and they've colored a beautiful picture, uh, not with something that was put together, uh, not with something that didn't have any marks on it, uh, not with something that was right out of a box, uh, but as they were broken, uh, they just started feeding. Uh, as they were broken, uh, they just started testifying. Uh, as they were dealing with stuff, uh, they'd still get up here and say, God's able, uh, God's Able. God's table. you know what I'm telling you today you're not too broke to be used, you're just broken enough to be with God
0: oh. when it seems your heart is breaking and there's no place for you to go when all you hold a shadow
1: pieces <laughs> of the dreams you used to know
0: oh you're hurting and you're searching through the pieces you now hold But on the other side of broken, God's love can make you whole. Sing it with me. On the other side, of broken. I will tell you there's some crayons in
1: this house. You need to come to this front and you need to lift your hands i have bought enough for every one of you. You even need to get a reminder out of this bucket. And you need to hold it up to heaven and say, I know I'm not much. I know I don't have a lot to offer. I know that I wish things could be different. But you can use me, God, if you're looking for somebody you found out. Come on, I want you to join up with a prayer warrior. The Holy Ghost is here today on the other side. time you feel
0: defeated somebody's here right now and your
1: back's
0: against the wall oh yeah
1: now don't be discouraged your dreams are not the first to fall you see God has gone before And He's heard your every prayer, and on the other side of broken, God's love will be waiting there.